2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Song facts. get your song Facts right here, get your song
1: Facts. Hello and welcome to the Song Facts podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan thank you so much for being here as always this podcast is proudly a part of the pantheon podcast network so it's not often that i hear a new artist and get taken back to multiple eras and genres of music but that is exactly what today's guest did for me hamish hawk is based in edinburgh scotland and has been making some noise over the last couple of years When I first put his new album, Angel Numbers, on, I was taken back to the new wave era of the late 70s and early 80s, quite the first impression. Today I chat with Hamish about his new album, we dive into some of the details of songwriting, and he plays his tune, Money, live on the show for us, which is such a treat. Check out the new album, Angel Numbers, on February 3rd, and please enjoy Hamish Hawk.
2: When you hit the sun, come and find me When you've spent too long, when you've spent too long Staring at money
1: When I'm at a tower of Hey Hamish Hawk, welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. Are, do we find you in Scotland right now? Is this where you are? You do, yeah. Speaking to you from
3: Edinburgh, which is, uh, yeah, this time of the year, as much as I have always loved living in Edinburgh, this time of the year is tough. Uh, January is a, a, a sort of dark and, um, yeah, <laughs> completely unsurprisingly cold month. But, uh, yeah, there's something about it um, at the moment. The nights are really drawing in, and it's uh, it feels like a longer month than usual. But, yes still
1: happy brother hello so over um, the back end of 2020 i spent some time up in um, inverness and oh, yeah. my wife's my wife's mom and her partner actually live up there and they so i got a good taste of that um, december i didn't stay in january we took off right before brexit and crossed over into the eu because my visa was running right. out okay um, okay but we had a, uh, a a lovely time. I really, really enjoyed Scotland so much. And uh, I think we're going to be back there next summer.
3: Oh, great. Oh, well, uh, well welcome back when you do come back. Um,
1: no, I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it. Um, and then I was reading that you went to St. Andrew's University. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. What, what a beautiful little town that is. I grew up, my dad's a huge golfer. I've played golf my whole life. For me to go spend, I think we spent just a couple of days there when I was there was just amazing. But you've kind of been doing, I'm sure you've been playing music for longer, but you, you it sounds to me like you kind of started releasing some music around that time, which was eight to 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm always curious about this. Like, How would you describe coming up in the Scottish and UK music scene like over the last decade or so? And, and what you know, I, I, you think about like your preconceived thoughts of it compared to what the reality was. And if you could share a little bit of that experience.
3: Yeah. Well, um. yeah, first of all, you're, you're dead on. I, um, I started releasing music sort of, w- or, or taking it more seriously when I was uh, at university, I was surrounded by like-minded people who were also um, not only looking to release their own music, but completely, um, Enthralled by the wider Scottish music scene and the and the lots of little sort of mini scenes within that wider scene, and uh, yeah. so I had a lot of, uh, musical friends and we got together a lot because St Andrews is a quiet place and it's a quiet university generally, a small university, and uh, there's not much of a club scene uh, in in a sort of East Coast <laughs> Scotland. So you have to make your own fun, and we uh, we would put on gigs a lot, and host gigs, and uh, do kind of I don't know, sort of speakeasy style things, and open mics, and nights where people would play covers or little collaboration nights. So there was always lots of um, music going on when I was at uni. I'd I'd started writing songs when I was a teenager, um, but sort of continued in earnest once I was at uni. And uh, Mm -hmm. I prefer not to think about the. The, the low quality of the songs I wrote when I was a teenager. Um, I've definitely improved since then. But Stepping uh,
1: stones, you know, we all have them.
3: Well, <laughs> exactly. you know, they're, in a, they're an essential part of the journey. Um, but I would say that, that as much as I, you know, I grew up with an older brother and an older sister and my parents, and I wouldn't say that my close family were particularly musical. I would say we were all hmm. music fans, but my, and and my brother dabbled a bit on the guitar and things, but mostly we weren't an overly uh, musical family. But I would say there is a, in growing up in Scotland, at least from my perspective, growing up in Scotland, you are surrounded um, quite completely by um, a real rich history of arts and culture. It's really valued in Scotland very, very highly indeed. Hmm. So... Even Scotland is a very small country and only one of the parts of the of the UK, one of the, the countries within the UK, it um it has a very, very rich and diverse musical history. And you've always yeah. got band to draw from and be inspired by um all down the all down the sort of the decades, as it were. But growing up was right for me when it was about when I was just becoming a teenager. It was this explosion of of British indie music and American indie music, of course. You know, I was hugely into bands like The Strokes and The White Stripes. And yeah, things. yeah. But also this sort of um, this Glasgow scene as well, which was exploding with things like Franz Ferdinand. And then you would start digging deeper and go further back into the sort of the post-punk of bands like Aztec Camera or Orange Juice or Camera Obscura, Bell and Sebastian. Mm. Sort of thing. These are all Scottish bands, um, yeah. and the the vaccines, and you know, Scotland would come up a lot in little interesting corners of musical lore. So it was like Kurt Cobain famously said that his favorite bands in the world were the Vaseline's and the Pastels, and they're all and Teenage <laughs> Fan Club, and they're all Scottish indie bands. You know, so despite him being this king of grunge, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, he was really into like pretty jangly <laughs> music huh. um which is really interesting so um growing up in Scotland and and being and being very aware of this rich musical history um i think breeds very passionate and um quite sort of single-minded young artists or creatively minded people and um so Growing up in Scotland and pursuing songwriting as a craft and as a passion yeah. of mine, I, was, I had a lot of things to draw on and a, and a rich palette uh, to paint with. So, um, yeah, I do as much as Scottish the, the Scottish music scene or scenes living in Scotland can feel quite small. Um, they are very sort of uh, varied and um i was I was never short of role models or ideas of what I could eventually do. There was a yeah yeah it's a i i I feel very grateful being brought up in Scotland for that reason for its for its insistence of sort of drilling in an artistic sensibility into its young people. I think that's a good thing,
1: yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I've always just been so impressed with how you know the u k as a little whatever four nation that's roughly a quarter of the size population wise of the U.S. I think that you guys stand right there with the amount of good music that gets exposed like popularity wise to the world and the masses. And it's just amazing to me, all the creativity that comes off of these little islands over here. I just, I'm I've I've always been so impressed by it. And especially like Scotland, once you start digging in, like you said, there's a, there's a rich, rich history. Um, Yeah, Yeah. Let's get into some of your stuff now. This new album is called Angel Numbers. I've got a question about that in a little bit here. This is coming out February 3rd, so this is just going to be about a week after this show is released. Um, One of the interesting things that I was reading is that you, it sounds like you normally have, you're kind of like a write it down, go back, edit, really going through your lyrics, but it sounds like you had like this stretch of songwriting with maybe one of your bandmates here where you guys were on pace of doing one a day for a couple weeks and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's just completely out of the norm for you. I'm wondering yeah. how did the writing of this album overall just differ from past albums that you've done?
3: Yeah. Well, uh, once again, you're exactly right. Um, I, am. I have a really overactive, um, perfectionist streak uh, when
1: I write. I'll uh, not a I'll great read. attribute for an artist. In a lot of ways it is, but to not oh, to I just know. be able to like never tie something up and be like, that's done. Like that's yeah, not an I, easy thing. <laughs> that, oh, again, that's the nightmare. You know it is. You no, know, true.
3: <laughs> um but yeah I have this very uh yeah I have this perfectionist streak where I'll um, pour over lyrics for a long, long time. Shave bits off them, chop bits off them, add extra fragments that I got from some back of the cupboard somewhere, and it will, you know, over a long period of time, it will start to look like a presentable <laughs> piece of work. Um, mm-hmm. But writing Angel Numbers was a different experience. It's it's odd. My last record, uh, Heavy Elevator, when it was reviewed, the few times that it was one of the things that was said about it was that it captured a kind of um, like a lockdown zeitgeist or like a pandemic, like quarantine zeitgeist. And it was odd that because it was written and recorded long before the world uh, went upside down. (laughs) So an angel numbers itself is actually the product of that period of time. Mm -hmm. And when, when, when the pandemic sort of hit, I thought, Oh, you know not only was the the sort of live music industry going to struggle and might have been dealt a fatal blow i was also thinking how am i going to write i don't i don't feel i'll be inspired in this context at all and then after a few weeks things kind of quieted down and and a lot of the panic blew over and what yep. set in was this environment in which i could really focus and just really didn't have much excuse to not write you know i thought well you know Every hour of the day is up for grabs here. I'll just, I'll give it a go. And so, me and Andrew Pearson, my uh, guitarist and collaborator, um, he would send me demos, little thoughts that he had in little voice memos. And that eve that day, I would play around with them and see if anything sort of grew from them. And yeah, they musical.
1: Right. It was, Are they lyrical or both? No,
3: purely musical. So it would be a completely okay. empty musical demo and uh he would send that to me and i would yeah try and come up with something and sing over the top of it and by that evening would send something back to him and wow. we did that every day quite i mean it wasn't like we said we'll do this every day and that we can't stop you know we just did it naturally and for about yeah. 3 3 solid weeks i would say it was just a song a day and i have never experienced that sort of um, creative, I don't even know what you would call it. I suppose they, they call it a flow state,
1: don't they? You know, like in a state of yeah. flow where things are just coming. Um, you're just kind of receiving it rather than yeah. like, man, like that, like, it's not like building up. It's just kind of like coming through you and then out in that. Yeah. Way. You're, like, you're like the antenna
3: and the, you know, the, the, the signal yeah. comes in and just, you know, the information flows through you. So, um, it was a completely new, uh, it was a completely new landscape for me, and it was very exciting because where I had previously, you know, beaten myself up about lyrics, you know, and, and to be fair, I still do, <laughs> you know, it's not like those days have left me. Um, but during that period, I was it taught me to be slightly less critical, or at least to delay my own critiques of my own work and just allow Mm -hmm. the work to to form and then later i could do something about it but don't i I was trying not to be an obstacle in my own path and um yeah yeah, so angel numbers is is a product of that that um little moment you know
1: any uh, idea i mean of those three weeks and the songs that were that were coming through you at that point in time did they, are all of those on the record or they where there's is there just like you know no there those there are, saw daylight
3: yeah there are <laughs> yeah there are a few that will never see the light of day uh, no there <laughs> there are a few what I've often done uh, is that you'll maybe have a song that you know is it's certainly got bits in it in it that you think that's good you know there's there's usable stuff there but maybe it's just. It doesn't fit, maybe it's not sitting right in that song. So what Got you'll it. often do is crack that bit off, pull it out, discard the, the other what's left, and then sort of place that somewhere else and yeah. repurpose it. And so there are a lot of verses and choruses, in fact, in angel numbers that were taken from now sort of defunct songs. So... I can only yeah bid farewell to them, but thank them for their service. You know?
1: Yeah, you know it's kind of like loving the loving the living room and kitchen, but not the house. Like that kind of yeah. thing where you're just like, I just love this little bit of it, but overall, this isn't working yeah. for me. I, I yeah. that's inter- and I I'm, think it's really good for you to be able to like sit there and be like and hear something down the road and be like, ooh we need to take that from this and plug it in here and start putting this puzzle together a little bit differently i don't that's the aspect of songwriting that i'm just so um impressed by and i just I, for someone you for like you who's scrutinizing so much over your lyrics typically that's got to be a big challenge just to sit there and be like he's sending me a new one tomorrow so i got to put this one to the side
3: oh for sure and i mean you you used an absolute key word there which is puzzle is that sometimes sometimes you'll write a song and you'll have an you'll just have a feeling that it is of value, but you you maybe can't see it. You're sort of like, I don't I don't know what the song's trying to say, I don't know what character the song is trying to be. Um whatever it is that is there is maybe not shining through. What can I do to to move pieces around or take parts out and replace them or glue different bits on and or break them two, and see if i can get the jigsaw looking right and okay it really is, it really is a puzzle sometimes and only yeah. you know and then you can put things together and they can maybe feel awkward and then three months later four months later you have this sort of epiphany moment where you go that's what that was you know that's why i did that <laughs> and that's why that made sense especially when you're putting an album together songs can start making sense of themselves when maybe as individual songs they felt like i don't know just kind of odd ones out or like outliers sometimes on an album they start to you know the story makes sense
1: stay tuned for more song facts podcast right after this
0: Get back
1: here. so when i want to dive a little bit more into like you as a lyricist here because i i do think that you have a very unique style that's that's very hamish Hog. um mm-hmm. when i listen to you i get the sense that you notice the little details in life almost like uh Sherlock Holmes something like that where you just kind of (laughs) like see just like a little tattoo on someone's arm or something like that that not everyone might notice Um, and you're just able to like articulate these things and lyricize them really well and so there's a song that you have think of um, think of us kissing And this is the example that I had as I was kind of sitting there working through my outline over the last couple of days. And you have a lyric on there that just says very simply, Angel with an incredible... Yeah, angel with the incredible piercing. And so like that kind of visual as a listener brings me... And now I know either you're talking about a specific situation... That you were in or you just have this um, great imagination that you can that you can put yourselves in these situations um, and I'm wondering are you grabbing these snippets from real life uh, on the whole yeah
3: I would say so Um it's well first of all it's it's quite a it's a compliment uh, what you said so thank you thank you very much of um, course very, I'm so glad you're you enjoy the the words um, and and I would say that one of the things that I try to do um, with my lyrics is that, you know, first of all, I keep notebooks—just piles of notebooks and bits of scrap paper—and my phone is absolutely packed with. Usually, the the sort of the the, the earliest stage of any one mm-hmm. of my songs is just individual phrases, little phrases that I collect as I walk around my life so when you say that I you know I pick up on small details I would agree that I'm I'm quite a hoarder of I sort of collect things that I come across and sometimes they'll be to me I'll find them interesting because of the phrasing sometimes I'll come across a phrase or something someone will say something and I'm I'm first of all taken in by the phrasing so that's a sort of that's the kind of wordy part of it And then other times I'll be struck by an idea or something and I'll write down the idea, which is more of a sort of idea for a subject of a song or something that I want to delve into a bit more. Other times it's image based. Sometimes I see something unfolding or whatever it might be. It might be a work of art or it might be I see an interaction or you, you know, see something happening. You're on the bus or you're walking down the street and someone does something, you know, I'll collect that. And yeah. But what I try to do a lot with my songs is, I'll take it, to take your example, Angel with the Incredible Piercing. That did come from my real life. You know, that is, for for want of a better word, that's autobiographical.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But usually those, the phrases I end up using and the images I go back to, and that I, I sort of build up as the backbone of a song, in a way, are the, the things that that is autobiographical and is real to me. But to other people, it might, it suggests something greater. You know, it, it's, it isn't just, you know, I know exactly what that means. And to other people, it might be fairly uninteresting. But yeah. I recognize that its inclusion in the song might be, it says something else. And so what I mean by that is that usually the, those images that I rely on, they become symbolic in the song, they're symbolic of something greater than themselves, and I'm always drawn to those um, to those images that aren't just. And I I couldn't tell you how I find them or what it is about them that makes me think they're valuable uh, when I see them, but I'll write yeah. them down. And when I use them in a song, it becomes quite clear to me. I think that you know that has a specific function here. It's, tr- it's communicating something beyond itself. And um, I think, yeah, my songs, if you could find a sort of um, technique that I use, and that's quite, you know, obviously that's quite grandiose, me saying it's a technique, yeah, yeah. but it, <laughs> it's um, it, that's something I, I do a lot, is I'll sort of, is the phrases, they mean something to me on, a, on, an, on an ordinary level, but I think they might be able to evoke something grander and more significant and
1: more meaningful in within a song um but i think i think from someone who's listening to a lot of lyrics like i i find that when someone can articulate in the way that it seems that you can and maybe it just comes very naturally it's not something that you ever had to practice but like it can just bring you into the scene A, a song that always like visually the lyrics just like create this visual is, is a visions of Johanna by Dylan.
2: Amazing. He's got this
1: great lyric in this song. I mean, that song in itself is just an endless boundless energy of lyricism. But the one thing that stands out at the very beginning that I've always just resonated with is he's got this lyric, the heat pipes just cough like so simple. But like, that can yeah. just bring you into like this New York City apartment in the 1960s where it's like, I've got to wear my jacket because the heat's not working. The landlord's probably not really caring about it or anything like that. I'm maybe paying $20 a month to stay there. It just brings you in so much to where he is during that. And I think that the way that you write is very similar because it, it does it i'm not just listening anymore now i feel like i'm there and i really enjoy that aspect of listening to the songs that you're putting out
3: oh wow (laughs) well thanks um yeah, well, a Dylan comparison is, uh, yeah, pretty much
1: the the greatest compliment you could pay me. So, thank you, yeah. thank you for that. Um, I'll live on that for a while. Um, yeah, but, yeah, you take that one and just run with but, it. Get through your cold January. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it won't heat my home, but it'll heat my
3: soul. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, it, uh, it, it's funny because I, I've I mentioned this recently. I was doing I was doing another interview. And I was asked about um, sort of one of the things that I've always held above other qualities in my songwriting is that I've held originality quite high up. You know, I sort of I really want to be original in my writing. And yeah. since I said that, I was, I was worried that that had come across in a sort of self-aggrandizing kind of way. When really, what I mean is not necessarily originality, but. It's, something very personal you know it needs to be very personal to me and i I need to be able to feel it and recognize it when i sing it and sort of be taken back to where i was when i wrote it or at the very least taken back to the sort of image it came from or or something like that and i would say one of the reasons that um one of the reasons that i might be say critical or judgmental of say what you could call, I mean, sort of commercial pop music or sort of chart pop music or um, like, you know, the biggest, some of the biggest songs in the world is that often I find their lyrics to be generic. And I mean that in the sense that they're designed to appeal to as wide an audience as possible and yeah. and designed so as not to alienate people from you know, identifying with the song, they don't want to present an experience to someone that they go, well, I don't know what that's like, you know, I I don't know what that means. And I don't identify with that. Whereas I would find I find for me when I engage with with songs and songs that I come to love, and my favorite songwriters, it's things like that, you know, the heat pipes just coughed. Well, you know, I didn't live in a Greenwich village apartment in the 60s. You know, I, I didn't live there. But the thing that brings me closer to Bob Dylan as a songwriter, but as a person and to the central, the emotion in the song is by hearing his summing up of his situation that is personal to him. You know, that that's what makes me feel close to him as opposed to him trying to write songs so that I'll get it. You know, it's like, well, no, I mean, I think, I think a lot of the time commercial music almost kind of, it's sort of, it can patronize its audience in thinking, oh, well, we need to simplify this so everyone can get on board. But I yeah. think actually your casual pop listener is uh, is far more astute than a lot of the people making the music might think or a lot of the people paying for the music might think. And, I agree. Um, I yeah, I think that's, and that is... Particularly, someone like Dylan, it's one of the, the 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 essential draws of the of the music, and one of the things that makes it so colorful and and um exciting and um, long lasting, and the kind of thing that will forge this incredible relationship that you'll have with Bob Dylan over your entire life. You know, yeah. at least if you're a thing like me, is that it's all of these moments, and there's thousands of them and that's why bob dylan's repertoire is so uh is so powerful and so unique yep. is that he was never worried about you not getting it you know he was he was singing from from his own experience and and putting it through this incredible poetic sort of machine <laughs> that then yeah. rendered these incredible images so um so yeah to to say that you know, you listen to something like Think of Us Kissing and, and you can sort of see the, the angel with the incredible piercing. You know, that means a lot to me because I know what that means. And you're, you know, across the ocean and you're you're getting your own thing out of it. So that, that's that's what that's the best thing about writing songs to me is is that sort of communion, as it were that communication.
1: Yeah, that's one of the recurring themes that happens on the show is when I start talking to people about their songs and getting what was going on in their lives and that kind of stuff as it was being produced, written, all that kind of stuff, is that what was once mine is now now no longer mine. Now it's out there for the masses and it's theirs to interpret the way that they want to. I have my story with it and now it's time for others to hear it and create their own story with it. And I think that's this really beautiful thing about especially music is the 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 life that it has and how you've done your part you birthed it and now it just goes and that's a that's a really amazing thing And to like for you to like come back and maybe one of these crappy songs you wrote 10 years ago someone might resonate with that you just have no idea it's an amazing thing to think about
3: no you're you're absolutely right and it it is amazing because that thing happens all the time (laughs) you know it'll be You know songs on an album that I think are oh you know they're kind of they're my I don't want to say least favorite but maybe I'm least close to those songs or yeah I can spot mistakes in them or something that I would do differently now. Um, people say to me all the time oh favorite song of the record so far <laughs> be it far be it from me you know you know to to tell them they're wrong. It's the yeah the, yeah it's the most incredible thing about making music. It's uh, just such a Yeah, it's just such a rich tapestry. There's something for everybody.
1: Yep. Um, Okay, so the title track on the album is called
2: Angel Numbers. There'll be angel numbers Stitches in your wedding dress Divorce papers And visions of your death Let's nest in an eggshell Darling, my mind's on a living edge I've been known to backtrack been known to sleep, over, firing rain
1: jazz. You're okay, listening, Angel Numbers is coming out February 3rd. Um, I had to look up Angel Numbers because I, I feel like it was something that was like kind of deep and I'd, I'd seen before, but I hadn't really like taken too much yeah. time to dive into it. That's a deep rabbit hole if anyone's interested in spending some time um, going down. What an interesting subject. Uh, what grabbed your attention about these quote numbers, and um, and then what's the story behind uh, the song Angel Numbers? It's such a such a unique and, and great tune. Oh well, thanks. Well,
3: yeah. So it was actually it was a it was an old uh, flatmate of mine, an old housemate of mine, who introduced me to the concept of angel numbers. I'd I think I'm like you. I I felt that I'd come across it, or. or you know the two angel numbers, two such angel numbers that people are sort of commonly familiar with, are either you know thirteen, so it's sort of unlucky thirteen or lucky number thirteen, um, yep. or like lucky sevens or something, or seeing eleven eleven on a on a digital clock. Yeah, you know that sort. Of thing. Um, I think it was uh, Regina Spector has a has a I think it's her. I'm not sure if it's her debut album, but it's a very early collection of songs called 1111 and I think maybe somewhere in the back of my mind I knew that that was they called that angel numbers or whatever but I didn't really know but it was as I say a (laughs) housemate of mine that introduced me to the concept and it's essentially numbers that as you walk around these streets of your life uh, maybe run into numbers certain numbers more than you run into others either on clocks, on signs on doors and you sort of notice them more than you do others you may be i don't know you'll get into your car or get into a cab or something and it'll be a number on the dashboard or, or something you know it'll just appear or you'll look over at someone who's reading a book in a cafe and they're on that page number or something and then yeah. you then you're reading your book later on then whatever page you're on then that some one of the characters says the numbers or something like that. <laughs> and it basically um, it's the idea is that certain numbers convey certain information about how you relate to your own destiny or to your own fate and whether mm. you're moving in the right direction or whether you're going against the grain and maybe doing yourself a disservice or you're 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 living sort of um I don't know what you'd call it sort of yeah inauthentically not the way that you should and if you took the other yeah. fork in the road then that would is maybe more the um the more successful path and you know people talk about that in relation to their astrological signs and things the idea of like your was it Saturn return in your late twenties when you're yeah. like twenty eight twenty nine and. You'll have an option. You'll have a time where you make a decision that'll either, you know, that'll take you forward another twenty nine years, and it might be in the right direction or the wrong direction. And oh well, huh. god, if you go in the wrong direction, <laughs> um, so <laughs> so um, that that became the the overarching concept for the whole record. My last album, Heavy Elevator, the central image of the album. Was the image of a heavy elevator, which was you standing in an elevator, wanting desperately to move up, and the elevator is trying to move upwards, but it's so heavy laden with baggage from your past that actually what it's doing is that sort of fighting against the um, fighting against itself, and you get that sinking feeling. So the sinking feeling okay. was the was what I was looking at in the last record, and Angel Numbers is sort of the the remedy to that which is okay the world went to a standstill pretty much and we were all spending a lot of time indoors but you had a lot more time to look forward into the future and ask yourself am I moving in the right direction? Have are, Am I making the right choices? Am I serving myself? Am I doing what I ought to be doing? And so angel numbers is a is an exploration of that idea which is looking into the future dealing with ideas of ambition, success, potential, um, success and failure, and those sort of great leaps of faith. And um, the idea of angel numbers was not only that it was uh, these guiding numbers, but it was also about these people that came to be sort of these angels in the album, the people that can come into your life and teach you a lot either in an instant or, you know, you spend weeks with them or days or years of your life with these people, and they can tell you um, a lot about yourself and teach you a lot about how to live your life. And so um, Angel Numbers is not only these guiding numbers, but the album is also a collection of angel numbers, so songs about angels. So it's, you know, give me another number. Here's another number. This one's an angel number, you know. So,
1: oh wow. Um, so, is this a preconceived concept, or is this something that you discover along the way?
3: Uh, it was. Well, it was something I discovered along the way, and um, that that happens to me most of the time when I'm writing an album. Is I won't know until a few songs in what it's called, and then when the title hits me it sticks like glue and then Hmm. the sort of latter songs become they're sort of born in that image whereas it just so happens that usually I'll be writing songs three or four songs and they'll all have a common thread but I can't think of what that is and then the title comes along and I go that's what it is (laughs) and then, then I can complete the album in that same vein. And that's happened, that happened with my previous record as well, uh, with Heavy Elevator, it was something like... That's
1: ah, really interesting. No. Have you dove into that at all? Because when I start thinking about that, I start thinking like, okay, so we've got the first 25 to 50% of the album written in the subconscious, and then the other half is written in the, in, in the full-on consciousness. And that's a really, and they all seem to be connected. Like you're... Mm-hmm it's almost like you're on the search for something that you don't know what it is when you start the search. And then when you find it or you find like a clue along the way, and then that helps you complete the search. And that's Mm -hmm. a fascinating thing to think about. Cause you, it's also like, wow, I could really waste a lot of time here if those didn't connect. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, yes. I mean, I've,
3: I've I've thought about this a great deal. I've uh, (laughs) ruminated a lot. And uh, I think that, there's a lot of songwriters or a lot of artists that I know who are quite um, taken with that sort of mystical side of things, as much as they might be also kind of skeptical uh, in a sort of rational sense, they're very skeptical of it. They're also kind of, they they like to entertain the notion that, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about being the, you know, it's like a lightning rod and the song just kind of goes through you and yeah. you wake up, after you've written it and think, well, where did that come from? You know, I have absolutely no, I, I wasn't thinking I was going to write that song the half hour before I did. And then suddenly yeah. it's on the paper and it's come out of nowhere. Um, you know, I think, you know, being a songwriter, it's something that I've reckoned with a lot is where on earth or where not on earth do these songs come from? And, um, Yeah, I think uh, the more I think about it, the less I understand.
1: Um, I think that's probably a good way. It's a very, it's one of those things that I think you don't have to ever understand. You just have to accept. And that's, there's a lot of things in life that have that.
3: Yeah, it's almost like don't, you know, don't. Put the screwdriver in the back of the TV, trying to understand yeah. how it works. <laughs> exactly. Just, just leave it because you'll break it, and don't—that'd be bad. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't touch it. Whatever I can leave it be.
1: I do that. Um, well, you're going to be nice enough to leave us with a nice live tune. Um, yeah. We love doing these stripped-down versions, and we're going to do one of your song, "Money." Um, but before sure. you jump into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how this song came together? So,
3: uh yeah, this is the this is the third single taken from the upcoming album or the well, the new album, Angel Numbers, um, and it's called Money. I I do I have a I have a a sort of fondness for this song. Um, not only because it was one of the ones from the album that, that I wrote at home on the guitar, so it's a, essentially started from a, a sort of from a singer songwriter kind of place Um, and it's always nice when those songs come about because they feel spontaneous and natural and um, quite sort of free Um, so I I have a closeness to money because of that but also because it was written in one sitting really I went for a walk in Edinburgh as I often do to sort of process uh, the day's events or start the day with a walk and hopefully come out the other end of it with a song um, I, I went for a walk and yeah this song sort of wrote itself in its entirety three three verses and I was excited to write it and to finish it because it introduced a lot of new imagery that I hadn't uh, worked with before or hadn't sort of none of it had reared its head before. So it felt like a sort of fresh um, batch of inspiration in a way. I wasn't uh, treading over old old ground. Um, So yeah, so I like the song for that reason. I love it.
1: All right, we got Hamish Hawk playing us his new tune, Money. Thanks.
2: (laughs) a jacket from a gun maker yeah man i'm sure rhino ivory feels really nice i'm making inroads into prize winning haircuts and drum machines are nice. these chinese plastics want to tell me something about real life i got the gist Online, whose are these who's ethics? Don't know whose side I'm on half the time. How are you? Just desperate for money, 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 money. 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 Figured I'd come out while swimming Legs in those jeans like you were born to ride a Clydesdale Will you invite me to your opening? I'll amuse myself seeing my face in the thumbnail Do I... Pulse you, which part of me do you wish would hit the floor, or leave at the back door? You are so funny, but then again, no one around here cares if you're not talking money. Money, 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 money. Oh, honey. Oh, oh, oh. did everyone inside get together? Has it been ten years? These first dances are really weird. Even the ones who were off and on, off and on with the weather have seemed to... Bond, toxic or golden years—is it so unfair? Is it so wrong of me to send these things? To old friends offering rings—can't I be happy? Took me an ocean and a half to see it might never happen. Annie,
1: done you know Thanks. we're going to just let everyone know that that was recorded i believe on a cellular device um Correct. great, great <laughs> song this is something that it's so funny i love the i love the little part in there just about like how that just seems to be where conversations go is yeah. uh mm-hmm. with this focus on on money and i've i my wife and i talk about that kind of thing all the time um beautiful yeah. beautiful song awesome Thanks. album Please, if you're listening, check it out. February 3rd, Angel Numbers. Hamish Hawk, thanks for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it, and best of luck with the album, and keep writing, and let's get you back on here to talk about it some more.
3: I will do. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, yeah, anytime you need me, I'm here.
1: Thank you so much to Hamish. Really enjoying him as a lyricist. So happy that his music has found his way into my world and hopefully yours as well be sure to check out the new album on february 3rd it's called angel numbers and as always for the stories behind the songs go to songfacts.com thank you
0: it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football